Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and all the listeners out there. Welcome to another episode of the Fellas Five Podcast. Um, Kwanyo to start over. Um, tonight, sadly, we are missing um, one of our members this evening. Chris is not going to be able to join us, but Chris, you're here with us in spirit, brother. We love you. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about um, this thing that I guess kind of came up for me the other day. I was watching, scrolling on the social medias on the interwebs, and I was looking at a something. This comedian popped up on my feed, and he was just doing a regular set. It was like an eleven minute set, eleven minute set, and he was just you know doing some jokes, and he was doing some racial jokes. Were they funny? Well, hold on a second. Pump, okay. pump the brakes there, Quan. As it were, pump those brakes. I just don't want you to bury the lead here. I hear you, brother. Thanks for that. Um, so he's saying jokes, and people in the audience are laughing. And I'm thinking, well, what makes these jokes funny? Because they're offensive-related. And if so as an example, um, this is a white comedian. He was doing some uh, stereotyping around black people, um, doing some imitations of voice of mannerism of behavior, um, some of the stereotypical stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily important, um, but he was doing this, and in the audience there were people laughing. And I imagine that they could be argued as situationally funny, but I think I was thinking about it as I'm watching. I'm like, wait a minute, is this funny? And why is this funny to some people? And is it funny to everybody? Um, and Quan, the the makeup of the audience. Could you tell what they were? This was this was Texas. Um, I believe it was primarily and predominantly a white audience. Um, and right, and I think that's going to play into part of this conversation. Um, and he said some things that you know, you know, when the audience gives that response of like the like the the quiet like oh, like acknowledging that there was something that was potentially supposed to be funny but maybe didn't land or maybe it's kind of too soon i guess i'm thinking about yeah just i'm thinking about all this stuff and wondering what makes some jokes okay and some not based on who you are as a comedian the audience but again i feel like the words are the words so yeah i'm curious to hear what other folks think if they have any thoughts on it i could hop in on this being a uh an appreciator of a comedy that can kind of push the envelope a little bit. Um, I was actually watching um, Jerry Seinfeld, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, and he Mm. did one with uh, his esteemed friend and co-comedian, Eddie Murphy. Very good episode. And they actually did a segment, I don't know if it was after or before, but they were, it was like a panel discussion and that that question came up, you know, um, is can comedy be offensive and all this kind of stuff? And what they came to, and I think it's pretty accurate, is it has to is it worth like every every joke is going to be offensive to somebody. Somebody's going to find something to be offended about. Um, but is it worth that? Is it worth the risk of telling that joke? So if if the payoff is high enough 
then the risk can kind of be um, can be weighed against that. But if it's like if the risk is too high and then there's no payoff, then it it, it is offensive. Like so, it's it's about trying to meter that and really measure that. And that's why a lot of comedians practice these jokes like consistently and they really try to tweak it and say certain things and like you know they have to really learn how to work the crowd to get a good feel to say like okay tonight i'm not going to say that joke or tonight i might you know this crowd seems is, is going with me a little bit so i might be able to kind of slide this one in and see how see how it goes so that's interesting because it sounds like there's a part of the comedian is that's determining this is likely going to be offensive. And to your point, Juan, I think you're right. I think I think everyone is going to find something offensive, right? No one's going to be able to kind of skate free without without having offended somebody. But I feel like based on that example, which makes perfect sense to me, um, there is the likelihood that this is going to offend folks. I'm going to try it out here and see how offended folks get. Maybe I'll try it in the smaller market, see what happens. Okay, it seemed it seemed to do well. Okay, let me try it in this the larger market. It seems to do well. All right, I'm going to take it to the big stage and I'll see how this lands. But it's less. See, and I guess my question is around, and so it's around how how you decide how one decides that. And it's interesting that it's pretty much a numbers game, where the comedian is saying, yeah. So if I upset, you know, twenty percent and you know, maybe 50% laugh and that last 30% is kind of silent, maybe it's worth it because more people were okay with it than not okay with it and other people were just silent. No, no, no. That's not exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying it has to actually be funny. Um, okay, and I guess I'm and I guess I'm I'm putting funniness aside, but I feel, I feel like we can come back to that because that's going to be subjective as well. And I Absolutely. feel like this, the same subjectivity goes with determining whether or not something is offensive. Mm-hmm. I was watching Dion Cole, who was a black comedian, mm-hmm. um, and just and he was he was doing a lot of um, he, some of the, the jokes he was doing. This is an older set. He was doing some jokes, um, just talking about black people, and I thought some of them were funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't think some of them were as funny, but I think this happened to be a, a predominantly white audience, and a lot of people laughed. And I'm thinking, okay, is it because he, as a black person, said it? There was permission to laugh at it? If maybe a white comedian said that same thing, would they have laughed at it? And if so, why? And and I guess I'm trying to like look at how offensive a thing is or is not and what makes that determination. And maybe... I don't know. I, I don't know if, if anybody has any thoughts on that. Does, does my question or the inquiry make sense? A little bit. I think I think part of it, though, and it's, it'd be nice if we had like a comedian, but I can just only go off of like, I guess, anecdotal stuff that I've heard comedians say over time. Um, it's like it's it is like a it's an art craft, right? So you have to really like develop your skills in able up. Uh, Develop your skills to the point that you're able to not only read your audience, but also like guide your audience, but also have something that's actually going to be funny. It can it can be offensive. They can be offended by it, but it can still be funny. You know what I mean? Like a a, a good comedian think of is um Anthony Jesselnik. Super offensive. Says like really off the wall things that are like grossly inappropriate, but they still make you laugh to a certain extent but it's it's always like it's like a 
it's like a it's like a it's like a very delicate balance because if it's if it's too funny and not offensive, then it just kind of comes off as like cheesy. And it's it's not that's not his his angle. But if it's not if it's too offensive and not funny, then it's like you're just being an asshole now. Like you're what you're saying doesn't have any like comedic value. So it's like so, having to balance that. It, it it takes a lot to be able to like, you know, curate your audience and then have good content. And then like work on it and work on it. And then, you know, you get feedback and then you tailor it a little bit more. And then you, you know, you, you have to work the crowd towards that kind of content as well. So, so this is interesting because what brought me to this conversation was when I was watching professional comedians. When I posed the question, I was thinking about regular conversation. So if you happen to, let's say you're at work one day and you're having a conversation with a coworker and they say something that is funny but offensive, is it okay because it was funny? If, if it's funny enough, the offense doesn't matter. Like if, if you have a white coworker as an example that says something that's offensive to black people, that has been historically offensive to black people, if it's funny enough, does that is it no longer as offensive and it's not something that you take issue with? No, it can still be offensive, but it can still be funny. So it's so it's passable. So it's so I guess it's okay if it's funny. No, I, I I'm not saying I'm not saying just because it's funny it's okay. It can still be offensive, but and, it can still be funny. And I think that's kind of where I am. Like I'm I'm wondering. So when is so why is so I'm I'm looking at how comedians and people that are just, even storytellers kind of say things that if it's funny it's acceptable and why that's not so okay let me back up a little bit so i'm thinking about some of the, a lot of the work that i've done where i'm having conversations with a group of random people or different people that are struggling to have certain conversations you know part of the reason that we are getting together to do this is to enable people to have conversations um and i'm trying to figure out if there is some kind of framework that establishes like you can say this x person that is uncomfortable having a conversation that may be uncomfortable to you comedians professional comedians and and i'm using them as an example just because these are people that often have an an audience they're able to say things that will get a certain response because it's funny and i hear you i do i do think there are some things that are offensive but they're humorous but that almost feels like the, the 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 level of offense has been removed. Like it's it's okay if you're funny. If you're not funny, you're a jerk. You're a bad person. But if you're funny enough, it's okay to say that thing that's offensive. And I feel like that can be confusing for people trying to figure out how to have conversations with other people. Does that part make sense? It it, it does, but I think maybe the part that's like kind of getting glossed over is like when you're the fact that you're going to a comedy show puts you in the context. This is comedy. Right. And it's so right. And again, that was so that was what brought me to this conversation. The fact that I saw professional comedians doing this. But I'm thinking about, you know, Johnny regular and and Jane average that are trying to have conversations. But how do they know what to say if there? I feel like there may be some mixed messaging around what feels to be appropriate to say if, oh, well, I saw this guy say this thing and people laughed. So I thought I was okay saying that. And yes, to your point. Well, they're maybe looking at this person that is paid professionally to do it, but I feel like that kind of glosses over the fact that, hey, this thing may be offensive to some people. 
and taking it down to the regular level of a person that like a, a, an average person on the street trying to introduce themselves to person and have a conversation looking for an opening line, they might say something they think is funny. If someone says something to you like, hey, that's pretty funny. Yeah, my name is Warren. Or you can't do that. That's, that's offensive. Like I'm offended by what you said. I feel like there has – does that make more sense? Is that a little bit clearer? Well, that's why everybody can't be a comedian. Like that's it, – it's not just saying funny things. It's like it's – you have to – there's more to it than just like putting words together that are going to make people laugh. It's like you have to create this entire atmosphere and environment and identity around your your humor so people kind of know what to expect. That's why people will sometimes – fall out of love with a comedian it's like this guy isn't funny anymore because that connection has kind of gone away so it's like, like they're not funny anymore to them what about your what about your first show how do you know what to do how how have you determined what's okay you you practice you practice with, with friends yeah with craft. you practice with other comedians would you some, some a lot of comedians have writers like other comedians that like will write jokes and say like this is a joke that you can tell but i can't tell because you have a certain way of being able to do this, or this works towards your audience. Yeah, like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart has like a team of writers, like and himself. Yeah, plastic, so like, plastic cup boys help him out with that. Yeah, like they all like feed off each other and come up with material for each other. So I guess I'm the only one that thinks this is an issue. Okay, I mean, I, I it, no, it's hard to, to do the hypothetical, right? I, I don't know if there's like a better example, but like, yeah, I think I think. You know, by being a comedian, you're going to say stuff that's going to rub potentially part of your audience the wrong way sometimes, right? And you have and to that's know okay. you have to know how far you can push the envelope. Um, so like you'll do jokes with a, a, a hopefully a group of mixed friends where you're like, all right, how far can I go with this? And I guess it's okay. Most most comedians will say, you know, I talk about everybody. I talk about black people, white people, Jewish people, Latino people. Chinese and that makes it okay. See, and it's yeah, it's so, okay so, because so, it's the medium, right? Like so. Right. So, so hold on, here for two seconds. Two seconds. But and I and I get you. But but let's take it away from from comedians. Like again, that was what brought me to thinking about it. I was thinking about it more from co communications between people and conversations between people. So if we can, so now let's take comedians out of it. How does a per when is something that someone says when is it funny? and not offensive or is it acceptable that it's something is funny and offensive like because i feel like if someone says something that offended me it could be super funny situationally but i might not find it funny because i find it offensive it, it depends on a person i mean you know what i mean like it kind of depends um it depends on how the person says it when they say it why they say it right like there are times when um Right. If you're in class and you're reciting Huckleberry Finn or, or, or something like that, there are times few and far between where it is permissible for a white person to say the N-word. Right. That's that's the one that's out there. That's the major one. Please don't say that. Right. Even though we were talking about Eminem earlier, Eminem occasionally does drop it. Um, did we give him a pass? Is it OK for Eminem to do it occasionally? That's kind of what we're talking about, right? Like, is it okay for sometimes if it's in context of a rap song, or is it if we're talking one on one, is it bad, right? Um, so yeah, I think in context, if we're in a class and we're studying, you know, 16th century American literature, then yeah, like you know, that was in context 
of a lot of those writings. So depending on the class you're in, other people may get a temporary pass to say something offensive. Um, so I think if you're at a comedy show, I think you walk in with the idea that this guy might say something that, you know, irritates me. And, but you, you know, if you, and it depends on a level of celebrity, I think. If, you, if you're Dave Chappelle, if you're Kevin Hart, you're someone like that, you get, you know, people know what to expect. If you're at a, we're at the last house on a random Saturday in Philly, we don't know what to expect. So someone might get up there and say something that we're like, yo, that wasn't cool. Like, you, you know, we don't know you. That wasn't big enough yet that, you know, I think there are certain places where you get a pass, unfortunately. Um, so to that example, so if we if if we discover that this same person, the same comedian that we saw at the last house, this is what they do. This is their shtick. At a certain point, they get a pass for it. Is that is or that those people who are offended just don't follow that that they just don't see him, right? Like I don't, you know, it's, I think it's both because. Think about Eddie Murphy. Uh, in the 80s, Eddie Murphy Raw, Eddie Murphy Delirious, there are lots of jokes that are homophobic, right? Openly sure. says the F word um, multiple times. In the 80s, was that offensive to some people? Sure. Did it matter as much? It always mattered, but I guess the level of, to which it mattered wasn't that big of a deal. You say those same jokes today, you can't say those same jokes today. You won't have... You, you you can't you can't even be a comedian in the same light you know if you're uttering the f word every other joke you know like you can't do it the same so like I, I think context is what we've been talking about or talking around matters um and the, the way you deliver how you deliver who is delivered by all that matters and I, and I so yes I don't disagree because I'm I'm I I grasp the whole idea of context and I think it's it's very important for conversation. And I feel like there's this, there has to be this level of confusion that exists um, yeah. when people are having communication and conversations because you don't know until you try mm -hmm. or if you just don't care because, mm -hmm. right, because as an example, let's go back to the music <laughs> for a little bit. We're talking about, we're going back to music uh, for a second. So there are a lot of, people of different ethnicities and origins and nationalities that identify with hip-hop hip-hop culture that's the main and, one and will will say things that may be more um common to that culture and not necessarily to a race or an ethnicity or a, a, a certain population okay. and i feel like they're Kind of to the point that we were talking about earlier, a little bit, uh, just a little bit ago, about um, some people having passes to say certain words. I feel like there are some people. So I guess to your point about levels, Eminem may get a pass to say certain things, but new white rapper, new non non person of color rapper, comes out and says it, they don't get a pass. The first time Eminem said it, I can't imagine he got a pass. After X amount of time, I'm like, oh wait a minute, no, nah, I get down with him. I'm cool with him. He can he can say whatever he wants. It's okay. And I feel like that has to be confusing, just the kind of process in your own head. And that's that's where I was the other day. I'm like, wait a minute. So, is it that I don't find this funny, or is it because this person said it, I take offense to it? Does it change the message of what was said because of my relationship with a person? 
or how I feel about a person. Like this this new comedian that this is my first time I happened across them on on YouTube. I I don't know you. You're not vetted. But someone that I've been watching for the past ten years, you can pretty much say whatever you want. And I feel like that's interesting. That's the way kind of it works out. Yeah, because I, I don't know what the I don't know if there's an official rule, but that ends up being the way it happens, right? Like I, right. So think about it like this. Uh, and maybe Dave Chappelle does it in a different kind of way. Um, but when Kevin Hart, I mean, you know, Kevin Hart came out, and this was 10, 11 years ago. Um, he made these jokes about ah, my son had a gay moment. I got to nip it in the bud. He couldn't host. Uh, what was that? The the Oscars. Um, you know, eleven years later, because of those comments, um, Dave Chappelle, and he got flack for it as he talked about it in, in a subsequent, uh, in a subsequent um, comedy show. But one of the shows, he 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 makes a joke joke about all the alphabets on the bus. The LGBTQ community didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, he caught flack for that. Comes out, doubles down, jokes about it again in the next special, um, mm-hmm. and. Dave seems to have a different level of pads. Now, granted, no one, he hasn't been offered to my knowledge to host the Oscars yet. Maybe that would come out, but I, it was interesting because Kevin, Kevin might be more, ma- they're both mainstream, but Kevin's in more movies. He's doing more public stuff. He's in commercials. He's in that kind of world or that level, perhaps, where maybe they do hold him to a higher standard. And then Dave is, you know, Dave going to be Dave. Dave going to say, Dave liable to say whatever's on his mind. It's cool if Dave kind of jokes about the LGBT community. It, maybe I'm interpreting that wrong. I, I, I'm interested to see what you guys think about that. But, like, you know, they, they tried to cancel Kev, for, for lack of a better word. He, he's since rebounded. He had to come out and say all these apologies. Um, but, you know, kind of Dave, Dave Chappelle gets a, a pass on that one so far in a way that maybe it wasn't afforded to Kevin Hart. Go ahead, um, Well, I think one, somebody got a lot of feedback. Um, but I think for one, I think that the difference between like Dave and Kev was, I think in one of one of Dave's specials, he talked about like that particular joke or something in, in particular. Um, he referenced a person he had met after his show that like talked to him was a, a transgender person who, um, who said they appreciated the joke because it was funny and oftentimes people people are afraid to make jokes that include everybody you know what I mean so it's like I can make jokes about this person or this person but then I see this person I'm like ooh I can't say anything about this person so then that kind of feeds into a level of them being um, excluded from the conversation, you know. Um, and and a, a good comedian can, if if they're if they're the 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 heckle kind of comedian where they want to single people out and like roast people in the audience, a good comedian is able to be funny for anybody, which is kind of can be uh, can be offensive, but be very um, can be dicey because you might have somebody in a wheelchair. You might have somebody that is a transgender person. You might have somebody that is from a different ethnicity or, you know, celebrate something different and now you're calling it, you know, you're bringing attention to it. But if you're a good comedian, the fun is outweighed by the 
the risk that you're putting in there, then it, it can pay off. I think the problem with Kevin is that Kevin was a little more stubborn to really come around and say, like, you know what? I can see where I kind of went wrong with this and you know, apologizing. Like he, he was very adamant that like, I've already apologized for this and I'm not going to do it again, as opposed to kind of understanding how times have changed and, you know, having a little bit of a more, I don't know, sensitive, remorseful approach to it. Um, but I think that there's a difference in how you articulate that as a comedian, where I think Dave is savvy enough to do that. Um, and I think Kevin is learning how to do that a little bit better. Um, and I, I think there's there's a difference in terms of like a delivery to a joke too is you know you can be you can be um making fun of something versus making fun of someone. you know, and I think that can be very, very difficult as well to navigate, especially for a comedian. Um, but it, a large part of it, yeah, I believe is is context, and you know not everybody is a comedian, and comedy isn't for every situation as well so like say you know like like warren you're talking about like just somebody having a conversation and, and they think that they're being funny that's not the place for stand-up you know what i mean like that's not the place for like to do a bit or like a stand-up routine like and a lot of comedians will often say too like you know any any joke taken out of context is going to be extremely offensive so the context is we're at a comedy event and I'm the person that's telling the jokes and you're understanding the dynamics of everything that's going on. And that's where it's funny, but not just Joe is walking down the street and runs into Bob is like, Hey, Bob, yada, 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 because that's not, that's not the same context. So, okay. So, let, so yes, thank you for that. So let, let me first to be clear for everybody that's listening. I, I 1 billion percent understand the importance of context and perspective in this, just so we're all clear. What br what brought me to this place of of the inquiry was watching a stand-up bit. I am not saying that I am saying or offering that someone should randomly or someone has the the ability to randomly walk down the street and just start saying things as if it's a bit in real life conversation. I'm I'm not I'm not asserting that. Um, I'm really speaking about interactions between people. So when is so just looking in our group, right? The four of us. So if someone says something that is seen as offensive, like what's the so I guess the difference between whether or not something is found funny or not is just the people it's it's the person, it's the the, the message, it's the way the message was received. Which I understand, but my what I'm wondering is so if you look at a stand-up bit, mm -hmm. if you look at a stand-up bit and you take away the person, you take away the Dave Chappelle, you take away um, the Kevin Hart, you take away the person saying the message, and you write down this line. This line is no longer a bit of a skit. This line is it's a it's potentially a bit of dialogue. It's a story that someone may have around or about a thing. Right. Why is – and I guess what I'm kind of wrestling with is why is this potential thing funny because it was said by a certain person and not funny if it's read 
or if it's in a conversation. Is it is it accepted as funny because this person is put in a position to say, hey, hey, everyone, I'm a comedian. I'm going to make this funny. I don't mean any harm by this or that's I don't want you to think I'm meaning any harm by this. This is just something I say for humor. But the messaging, the wording is the words are still the same. And I guess I'm speaking about the power of the words. What what about if it's art, right? And I guess I think comedy, in a way, sure. is, is it's art. absolutely art. Absolutely. So, you know, I was I was listening to uh, Jamie Foxx on a, on a podcast, and uh, he was talking about how hard it was doing Django for Leo to get in the character, and then Jamie had to get him a sign off. Like, no, like you're a great actor. I know you're a good person. Like, and they had they were doing Django. Um, I don't know if I said that already, but um, you know. Uh, Leo DiCaprio played a slave owner that was, you know, pretty vicious, um, Candyland or whatever, and uh, he had to say the N word a bunch of times and say it with flair and say it like he meant it. And Jamie and Samuel L. Jackson was like, "You better <laughs> say that shit and stop playing around." So then, you know, he was like, you know, he was able to get into character and do what he had to do for the character. Um, he got a pass by those guys. I'm sure some folks maybe of color still watched that movie and was like, dang, I'm never okay with a white guy saying the N-word. But you go to the movie, knowing it's a slavery-era movie, you're probably more like, okay, I get why this happened. Um, if you're reading that script later on, I don't know, right? Like, are you still, you're still probably in the framework of, you know, this was a work of art and... Yeah, that's a script depict. That's a script taken from a certain time period, so that's a little different. There you go, Warren. This is just for you. So, I actually walked out of Django the first time I saw it. But like, hear me. This is this is the context around it. I was in I was in Virginia. I was with my I think I was just with my mom. Um, and I went we went to go see it around a holiday, maybe Thanksgiving. I think it came out or something like that. And I walked out because. Every time the N-word was said in the movie, it seemed to get a, like a chuckle and a laugh kind of reaction. And I'm in a predominantly white audience. Mm. And I'm like, why Why is this funny to you? And it, it made me uncomfortable. I said, I don't want to do this. I'm out. I, I can enjoy the movie. I wanted to see the movie on my own, but not in that context because it doesn't matter what happens about the course of the movie people were there enjoying something that I don't think the movie intended to present, but that's what they were taking away from it. And their, their level of comfort in that made the entire thing uncomfortable. So I was like, nah, I'm, a, I'm just going to watch it on my own. What so, do we... uh, I'm just curious, Quan. So from, from your recollection, these parts in the movie where folks were chuckling, were they t- period? Were they things that were supposed to be funny? I think the funny and this I walked out sure after this one. It was like um, when Django was on a horse. That, that part was, was funny. That though. was the right. That was the only part that was like, how oh, okay, I get it. That was funny. Yeah. Every, up until that, nothing was like, like laugh out loud funny. So I don't know if it was like a nervous laughter or what it was, but laughing was an inappropriate response. To kind of what was being depicted on the screen, but Kevin, but, my, but what I mean, right? But Kevin, what I'm hearing is it, it, it was funny. That one, so that, was, that part, 
that part. But, but, but let's but let's trouble. tease that one out. And I think that's kind of the stuff I'm talking about. Like, so what's the difference? Like, I feel like that's that's tough. Now, obviously, Django Unchained is that's a time period. Like, that's a that's that's a very specific thing. But this this conversation, this one right here between Quan and Kevin, that com- that like I thought it, it, it was kind of both acknowledged as funny. This is a humorous thing, Quan. You couldn't take like that wasn't cool for you. You had to leave, and Kevin's like, no, nah, that was chuckle. Well, no, he agreed it was funny, but he didn't. Funny, but it was like the like moments leading up to that. We're not. Oh no, I laughed on when I was walking out. I was like, ha, ha, ha. okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest of this in my own like on my yeah. own time environment. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know, lead, everything that led up to that, I was just like, this isn't. I don't know. You guys don't understand why you're laughing, and that's making me uncomfortable. So I'm just gonna go ahead, go ahead and bounce. And that feels interesting to me because it sounds like if you laugh too, it sounds like it was funny. Then it's so okay. they, so they knew why they were laughing. Like this is kind of where I'm coming from. It's um. What the last I, part's before, though. Let's just focus on that one particular part. See, and that's kind. Of, that's what I'm talking about. Because yes, there are going to be things that are going to land differently for different reasons. But if we can identify a part of a piece that evoked the same response but you're like no you can't like that's not cool for me <laughs> but that's not cool like there's like a weird place in between okay and not okay and what makes it okay versus not okay like why was it okay for you to laugh but not for them to laugh L- let me throw out this little anecdotal tidbit about that one particular scene sure. i think what what's funny about that particular scene is that that's a it's almost like a timeless thing it's like you you don't often see black people on horses period so it's like the fact that it was like brought up i think that related to just a general like societal i don't want to say norm but like an appreciation in that moment that like oh it's a black person on a horse like it's like a universal kind of like appreciation in that moment which is what kind of helped make it kind of funny and resonate with more than just like one particular audience I'm I'm with you. I I think I think at the end of the day, because I I don't know if there's a, and obviously not, a lot of these don't have right or wrong answers, which is why we bring them up in conversation. Um, but I think the context of of, and I know we talked about context earlier, of art. So whether it being I'm here for entertainment, and what you know, we, I guess there's a separate debate on like whether the the use of, and this is kind of what we're debating, the use of offensive language should be entertaining right like should should we find any entertainment in, in something that could be offensive to someone but i guess if you put it in the form of art um people are going to you know art's open for interpretation and it's meant to evoke some sort of feeling whether positive you know depending you know if it's a comedy show obviously they want you to laugh if it's a period piece like django um they want you to you know maybe have some reflexive thought conversation about it etc um you know, going back to what you said earlier, if it happens in conversation, um, you know, I don't know. You know, we all maybe have friends who might utter things that are offensive or or without uh, proper um, context, appreciation, respect, perhaps sometimes. Um, how do you handle those moments? Do you correct your friend in those moments? Um, or do you just laugh because it was funny, right? So yeah, I think when it's art in in the form of, of a comedy show or a movie, yeah, I think we give it a pass. I think we can comfortably say, warm, but yeah, in conversation, even if it lands funny, 
is it still funny? I don't know. Um, or should it, should it be funny? I don't know. And that that was my that was my yeah. that was my initial. No, thing. I, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Real, we haven't heard from you, bro. Yeah, real. Yeah. You guys have been like going at it. I just you know I just like oh, <laughs> you know you guys can have at it. Um, but to touch on I guess the the question of I guess should it be funny? Uh, you know, you guys had said uh, I, I think it's like I think it's like the content. The delivery and the intent, like that's like the biggest thing for me. Like if I watch any type of comedy, it's like the intent of, I guess whatever message or whatever words are trying to be, you know, portrayed. And and I don't know, I I, I look at a lot, I, I take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt though. Like I, I think I let my guard down as far as like taking a comment as offensive like in regular conversation versus being in this environment of like comedy like I, I kind of have like a lighter heart like hearing certain you know stereotypes depend you know depending on the way they're used and things like that like yeah there's no like direct line to say okay yeah you crossed it so I think that's that ties into what Quan was saying about when you know you you test it out in your audience to to see like okay maybe if I tweak it and I say it this way or that way it, it's not as abrasive like it could be the same exact message but you know as as you always say you know Warren with the the power of words you know the way you phrase or word something it can have a different effect all of them could be the same message but the wording can be key on how it comes across to the audience. So I like that's the biggest thing for me, I think, when it comes to like offensive messages or offensive stereotypes and things like that in comedy. Like one, I let my guard down receiving whatever message they're trying to portray. I don't know what that does for, you know, the no, back I, and forth you guys had, but No, I appreciate that. And I think that that's something that I kept coming to just in thinking about it. Um it's like everything going to be based on our own individual perception, um, Rio. And I know, you know, I know you're very kind of like whatever about a lot of things um, in terms of like words and like things people say. So hearing that, like that's that's kind of what I feel as well. Um, but it's, and I guess I was just wondering if there was like a, a like a common belief around, you know, that understanding. Like, yeah, well, you could say this, but you can't say that. Um, or this is okay and this is not okay because you know just just how we're trying to promote and 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 cultivate conversations and and people talking to people and asking things i feel like there're going to be a number of situations where it's going to be it's going to be questionable people aren't going to know because often laughter and comedy or just trying to be funny and crack a joke is a is a way to get in and i don't know that there's a ton of modeling around things that may be specific enough to relate like for someone that I don't know like oh person that's not like me I heard that your people like this thing <laughs> like I've heard conversationally that's a thing and people have laughed when I've heard it before but I feel like there's no real testing ground in real life I feel like that's something that people that don't have conversations don't talk to people don't know how to do and I, I wonder if that's one of the reasons that people don't try new conversations like because 
if I come up to someone I don't know, there needs to be a reason. Like, I, hi, I just wanted to talk to you. Well, no, you don't. This, this, you want something from me. Like, people don't generally go up to people and just have conversations. Obviously, I know, you know, Quan, I know as an example, you do this all the time. And I know there are people that really do that. But I think that's not a common thing. So I feel like there's there's going to be this real disconnect between people connecting with other people because there's there it's confusing on how to figure out how to get from not speaking to a conversation without feeling vulnerable. That's um kind of how we started, right? Um, you know, yeah. we uh, we started this kind of conversational journey amongst us during the summer as people were trying to have those difficult conversations, and we wanted to have open doors and to you know hear the conversations that are had amongst uh, you know young, I guess, or or uh, we're not middle aged yet, but you know, young. mature, mature. You write, um. Yeah mature black men uh around <laughs> certain uh certain certain topics and um and here's here's a window into how these conversations are had and how you could maybe enter or participate into one of these conversations um so yeah i, I think you're exactly right it's hard for people to to, to 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 talk about things that where they're not comfortable they don't have familiarity with um and go go, go ahead q i can pause oh, there uh, if you're just trying to start a conversation, you shouldn't try to go in with something that's funny, especially something that you've heard somebody else say. Right. Like, like you, there are tons of ways to start a conversation. That's hey, not. How about this weather? Or, hey, you know, how are you doing today? Like, I mean, it's while it's, I while I appreciate that, that's almost unfair because we know comedy is like this lubricant comedy like a number of other things are lubricants and kind of ways to start mm. conversation so but you can't really slide say, in. don't yeah don't be funny like you can't try to be funny because that no, 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 no. If you, but not everybody's a comedian right like, like not and, everybody can be funny like that's why it's or even it's funny people aren't funny exactly but right but i think that's and i think that's part of the the, the conversation that we're having is there's this thing that that I am not sure if it's okay or not. I think I think I could be funny. I think if I can connect you with some clever wordplay or something that you may find, you know, comfortable and laughable, we have a conversation. We have some flow, you know, some common ground on which to speak and have, you know, start some kind of relationship or some dialogue even. But I don't know what that looks like because I am not sure how to navigate this particular thing. Like, do I say this? Do I not say this? So, so it's a skill. It's it's being able to like read people, but it's also like they say, read the room, right? Like, so can can I look at somebody and can I get a good sense of like an appreciation for what this person may or might not like? Now, with that understanding, you're taking an extreme risk, especially if you've never had a conversation with this person and this is a stranger. So that's a risk you're taking. So again, that goes back to is is the is the kill of the joke worth that risk that you're putting out there if it's not then you're just being offensive if you just go up to somebody that you know maybe is mildly you know moderately overweight and you're you're like oh man i bet you love cheeseburgers no that's offensive because you don't know anything about that person or their lifestyle or anything that they're going through or anything like that but if you're like saying like man i'm it, it must be hard finding you know clothes for Big and tall, like you know, why why is the big and tall, you know, section in the mall always the smallest part? Hi. That could be offensive too. 
That's what I'm saying. But like, it's it's yeah. something where it's like putting people on like a common ground as opposed yeah. to trying to single somebody out and attacking them. Like it's you know that's you know a means to like kind of navigate. And then to do that with a bunch of people in a space, you have to read the room and say like, okay, there's a clique of people over here. There's some people not listening. There are people like right in front of me that are like locked in. There are people in the back that are just getting drinks. Like you know, being able to navigate all those different things, like, it, it takes a skill to be able to in, do that. In fairness, Quan, yep. and... I'm being fair. Let's be fair. No, no, no. <laughs> in, in fairness, I think... I don't want it to... So I, so I feel like you are inadvertently oversimplifying this thing that comes naturally to you. It's very difficult. With and and yeah. and us on this call, like this is not for us. Like I said, this is something that I saw, and I'm like, oh, this is this is interesting to me. I wonder what other people think, but yeah. this is not something that any of us are really struggling with. So this is this is kind of like some thinking around, like how does one really figure out how to negotiate this very uncomfortable and and tricky space and reading a room like that's a lot of people can't read a room like a lot of people don't know how to they don't yeah. they don't understand social cues there could be different cultures there could just for a number of different reasons social cues and and just situational awareness isn't something that's present so I, I, and I know you and I've known you for a while and I know you get this stuff but but I'm not saying hey Quan why are you not such and such or why don't you just do such and such better this is for the folks that may not be as skilled as you are in in this scare in this area then that's exactly what I was going to say yeah if you if you can't if you don't have that skill it's best to leave it to someone you trust who does or you don't partake and this this happens a lot when you know so my my prior life, um, I was in business, business prior development. Prior life. <laughs> my prior my prior professional life. Um, oh, oh, I was like, yeah. are you before reincarnation? reincarnation. <laughs> no, come on, man. Um, that's a common that's a common that's a common terminology. Um, common but um, you right. I, I switched I switched in my mind without giving you any any cues or, or lead in that I was I was talking about my my career, but um. So yeah, when when you know, often when you're doing business development or or, or customer service or or you're, you're facing your client facing, you do need to have those skills reading a room and when working a room and, and mingling and, and and communicating with people you've never seen or met before. So if I was on on the road with like a, a data specialist on or or an analyst or or someone who just looked at stocks and numbers, um, then yeah, they would look at me. So like we might be in one scenario, they're the expert man like how could you do all that in your mind and figure out where we should invest and like when we should pull out of the market and blah 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 expert it's amazing you talk forever you're so smart soon as it shifts to like all right let's go get some wine and food oh kevin please talk to all the people like i can't i can't handle it you know what i mean so it's like it's tough um for certain folks to, to be able to to do that even and they could be brilliant um but that is a skill um as you say and finding the right joke you know if, if you're mingling with people at a, at a, at a mixer, um, doing networking and there's a group of people at a high top, high top table. Um, and you know, you got something you need to put down and you're trying to get in there. How do you, Hey, excuse me, would you mind? Easy. Doesn't have to be funny. Or there's a way where maybe there's a joke that you can tell as Quan is very skilled that maybe there's a joke that gets you in. So not, not only do you get to the table, but now I'm having a conversation with you. And I can introduce you to my buddy here who's like afraid to talk to new people. Um, 
having a friend like that if if you're a person um is good it's helpful um because yeah not everybody has that skill and then i think we you know because most of us are pretty good at that we do take that for granted as you know knowing what icebreaker to use or, or how to start strike up a conversation with you know with random people um more i think follow up with that some more jokes oh no see i but i've read the room i've read the room and it feels like it's not a joke time you know because oh. No, I was I was ready for a joke. Huh. I'm ready for a joke, Warren. You got a good joke, Warren? Yeah, tell me a joke. A very inclusive joke for everybody. Yes. It's black and white and red all over. Newspaper. Yeah, newspaper. Okay. Try to be inclusive. That happened, right? So you you took the risk, right? You you understood it was be a really safe joke, very low risk, which also that's really not funny. So then that equals a bomb. Yeah. But now but now is there a way to be funny without being a little bit offensive to someone? No. Right? I, I, I so. guess that's the other side of that question. And that's that's exactly, and I think that's and 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 we're okay with some level of offensive. And I think I feel like that's, that's what we're uh, kind particularly of among friends. Yes. Now here's the crazy but part. Not, some comedians would say that, that there is no topic that's off limits. It's just how you're able to do that, which is again takes a high level. A huge skill. Yeah. Like, there have been Holocaust jokes, slavery jokes, abortion jokes, religious jokes, uh, rape jokes, which nobody likes, but, you know, it, these things so do exist. Makes, so what makes a rape joke funny? So again, well, don't put Quan on the spot. Don't answer that. There's no way. Those things. I can't say that, like, when I heard it, I was like, ha, 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 funniest thing I've ever heard. But I was like, I see where they're going with that. Did it pay off? Don't know. That's between the comedian and the person that they offend. If there's a conversation, and a Holocaust had, joke is, is a Holocaust joke funny? Is a is a slavery joke funny? Like, and I feel like that's it, you. And we've heard all of these. Like we we've heard we've heard um, Jewish people make Holocaust jokes. And do Jews, we do we laugh at those? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a Jewish person, nor do I know what it's like to relate to something like the Holocaust exactly, but again, I think that goes to the skill of the the joke teller, right? Because I think that that is what happens. You, you you pay for an instance to 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 be in their shoes and to see when a, when a, a skillful comedian is telling a joke, you are they're taking they're guiding you through this lived experience. Perhaps it doesn't have to be a lived experience, but often the really good ones is a lived experience where like now you're you're back in their shoes so like you know i'm I'm eddie murphy in his room entertaining his his aunts and uncles when he was a kid or i'm kevin hart growing up in north philly and you know i'm I'm there if you're really skilled so like while i may not be jewish i'm not um and obviously i've never experienced a holocaust and you know what? Maybe there's a way. I'm not saying I would laugh, but maybe there's a way if you're skillful enough that there's a funny piece. You know, I'm I'm not a comedian. Wouldn't try to be one. Think it's a really hard job. Um, but yeah, I, I guess there are a, there there are ways if for you to be different from the person telling the joke, 
and them having a, a, a joke that maybe is unique to that person, that culture that you can still kind of experience and maybe laugh along with if, if they're skillful and, and kind of and telling it in a way where it's, it's inclusive, right? Like, I, and I, I guess the way I'm saying that is like, can, can a joke be from the perspective of someone that is outside of you, but still pull you in to where you feel like you're, you're part of that and you, you live that experience too. So where now I can laugh, even though it's something totally different than anything I've ever experienced. Right. I think yeah. that happens and that yeah. we laugh. Um, even if sometimes it's uncomfortable, um, if you read it, right. If you read the joke and someone tells a joke, as you mentioned earlier, it hits differently because of the way it's delivered. Uh, right. No, it's the way orally. you interpret it. It's really comes. It, it, the truth is, it's the way you interpret it. Because if someone's, if if Kevin Hart reads, it tells you his joke, and you read Kevin Hart's joke before he tells it, and maybe someone that wasn't Kevin Hart gave you this joke, you may think, oh, this is kind of offensive. But once he hear, you hear him say it, it might be like, oh, but you already put yourself in the mindset of, oh, this is coming from a comedian, so I accept this as a story, not maybe not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Maybe the pauses, the inflections, the tones, all that matters rather than just yeah. reading it straight up. Yeah, delivery so matters. That ties into delivery. delivery. Yeah. yeah. The and interpretation. Intent. Yeah. And the interpretation, yeah, the way you perceive well, interpretation, definitely. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's obviously like the biggest thing. Sure. Is, is yeah. Interpretation. Because six of us could sit down and all of us receive the same message and all of us get it the exact, like, in a totally different manner. We all sure. have a totally different viewpoint on what it is. So, yeah, interpretation is definitely a, a huge factor. And I'm sure we were all kids at one point, obviously born, you're excluded from that, um, where we were hearing things that, like, our parents listened to. Or I know for me, it was, like, you know, sneaking in and listening to, like, Def Comedy Jam. And, like, yeah, you know, opportunity, like, sit down and listen. And, like, I'm sitting there laughing, and then my mom is like, you don't even know what you're laughing at. And I'm like, I don't. But it feels like it's supposed to be funny. So it's like, you know, trying to gauge and understand that too is like, you know, if, if I don't know what I'm hearing, but I'm laughing anyway, that's that's kind of an issue, right? Because I'm just laughing because I feel like I'm supposed to be laughing. Doesn't and mean that it's actually funny. And that's, thank you for that. And that's another but part of it. If I were to just read it, I wouldn't think it's funny. So... Part of this is also around how we model things, right? So if we, if if you and if you and I, if, the, if the, we're all in a in a comedy show and there are people that aren't like us sitting next to us, that maybe something that we feel we can relate to a certain way, and we feel this group next to us is unable to relate to a certain way, and they laugh at something we're laughing, like you don't know anything about that. But if the but comedian, because, but if they laugh because it feels like it's supposed to be something I laugh at, or these people laugh, so it must be funny. So I'm trying to. So I wonder if it's okay to laugh. So we get we can go with Dave and why he left his show is that he got to a point where he started real. He started he started feeling like he was the joke essentially. Like mm-hmm. people were laughing, but the way they were laughing told him that that it wasn't, wasn't the intent behind yeah. what yeah. he was trying to do. It's they were laughing what at him. He was being asked was in the way he saw what he was being asked to do was offensive to his art and to his craft and what he was trying to accomplish and so he was like i'm stepping back and you know judging from the skit that he's he's referencing i could see why 
I could see why, and, and as opposed to other skits that he's done, which you know were edgy, were you know could definitely be seen offensive, but this one in particular, I could definitely see like this is different. Okay, got it. I can see where this there was a line that now we've crossed over into. Um, along those lines, I guess before we, I'm not sure if we're there yet, so I won't say it, but do you, if someone says something that is offensive, deemed offensive, do you, you know, what are you, what are you guys' thoughts on cancel culture? As I don't believe to, in any of that. To comedy or, or, or whatever. Yeah, I don't believe in the whole cancel culture thing. I don't feel like you can just be like, yeah, we're done with this person off of one thing. Like that 100% takes away like the entire human experience. Like, we make mistakes. Like, we make bad decisions at times. So, for for a person, you know, just because they're on the spotlight, like, to make a bad decision or make a bad mistake, and it's just like, oh, no, we're done with this person. We don't want anything to do with this person. Don't support anything they do or whatever the case may be. It's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous and it's terrible. Um, no, nah, so I don't support it at all. I it's, don't. It's a, it's a whole level to that, but I, I'm, I won't go too deep because it, it kind of depends on the offense, right? I... I feel like this kind of came back to, or this this kind of, we can touch back to R. Kelly. That's what I was going to bring up. It depends on the offense. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting for you to get into it. Yeah, get into it. No, Wait for the I feel like. I, I, I still don't, I still don't cancel R. Kelly. I'm not canceling him. I don't support what he did at all, but I'm not canceling him. For the sake of clarity for listeners then, um, does anyone have a, a, a ready definition of cancel culture? Uh, you know, someone says or does something that offended someone well enough where the public now is like, all right, they're canceled. And, and the definition of that would be we're not buying their music. We're not buying their comedy shows. We're not buying tickets, merchandise. Uh, we won't play the song no more. Those the, are the examples. Thing, yeah. the, thing of wh- the thing with which they got their fame or their notoriety, we are no longer endorsing or supporting. Yeah. Okay. We're going by that definition, then I cancel R. Kelly. No. <laughs> <laughs> I cancel R. Kelly. Because I, no, I will not support his music. I'm not, he's not getting a stream out of me, buddy. No. <laughs> well, see, I That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it depends on the offense. You know, not all offenses are created equal. Canceling goes towards them losing their um, opportunities. So, like, endorsements and sponsorships and that kind of stuff. But, like, you know, looking at Kevin Hart, it's like him losing out on the opportunity to host the Oscars. You know, that was part of that. I don't want to call this a movement trend to um, kind of have people go without to kind of atone for their sins. But see, the problem that I've always had with cancel culture is who who is that? Who who gets to be the judge in what's right and wrong? Like we're trusting society to dictate what's right and wrong, because at a a certain point, society in Germany thought you know Nazi was okay. At a certain point, society in America thought Trump was okay. I mean, (laughs) seventy-seven million people still think Trump is okay. (laughs) So I mean, am I really gonna go with society's point on this to say I'm I'm gonna trust society to tell me like? this person is wrong or this person is right and this person deserves to be canceled, I don't know that that's fair. I mean, because society also didn't listen to Colin Kaepernick, you know, when he kept saying this is about police brutality. 
they didn't want to hear him then. So it's like, and he's society he evolves. It does. It does. Yeah. But then that, that that's the point though. It's not objective. It's a it's a knee jerk reaction to a perceived slight or something. But that reaction is they need to have everything taken away from them because people are imperfect, and the person that's judging them is perfect. No, society's not perfect. Maybe what they did was wrong. Sure, there could be a consensus on that. But then how do we rectify that? Like, you know, people, that's why we have a justice system. Like, we, we have a society that's built on these things. But perhaps Kevin Hart is the best example because it was only a temporary castle. You know, people, he, he, he came out, he did, he wasn't going to apologize, came out, then he did apologize. And he did have a movie that kind of flopped. I didn't see the movie, but I heard the movie wasn't that good anyway. It was a movie with, I think, Brian Cranston was in it. Um, upside? That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. That yeah, was a pretty good movie. Movie but I mean, it, it didn't do as well. Yeah, that was a pretty good movie. <laughs> it didn't do as well in the stu- in, in in the theaters as they expected, and that that was all right around that same era. So maybe you know, you know if you if you say, huh? I think it's funny though too because in that movie, he he did a that was more of a dramatic role as opposed to like a comedy role. Right. Yeah. It was definitely different. It was definitely out of his yeah. norm. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sorry. No, no worries. But I'm I'm just saying like in in terms of him being canceled is all right if you say all right not as many people want to see that movie as they could have and he didn't get the oscars but then the apology comes out and now he's like back as big as he ever was if not bigger you know that's an example of temporary cancel understanding conversation growth right and i think that's the if you're going to use cancel culture in a positive light i think that's the most or that that will probably be an example the best example of how you know, maybe it's 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 canceled to learn. You learn what was wrong or why. You make a vow to change. You you change your behavior and then boom, you're 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 back. I guess. That's the part about cancel culture that's crazy because majority of the times it's temporary. Like majority of the time it's it's like just for a time period. And it's just like once the period passes, it's just like all right, they're cool again. But it's just like I thought they were just canceled. So I think. So just two quick things. So, yeah, I think you're right, Mary, and I, and I think what what we're speaking about is star power. Um, if somebody's big enough, your cancellation only lasts until it lasts. It may not last forever, depending on who you are, where you are, the field, the the the, the genre, the 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 realm, depending on what you do and who you are. But kind of you know making taking to a smaller scale. I mean. Aren't we talking about the way that, you know, kind of going back to where this started for us a few months ago um, about conversations that people aren't having or people, things that people want to say and make people maybe messing up and giving people an opportunity to learn from a mistake, to come back from a thing like hey, you said this thing and I'm going to tell you what you said and why it, it landed the way it did. And now, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with this information that I just gave you, but now you have an opportunity to to do something different. Maybe the next time this conversation happens, you can participate differently. Um, but cancel culture, I think, unfortunately, is a thing that that is a part of our society. And I and I, I think the hope is that we make more room for mistakes. We make more room for slips, hiccups, bumps where people don't get it right, and we give them the opportunity to course correct and get back or find a path that's going to work for all parties. So I'm glad you said that 
in in that way. So, you know, I guess going back to the original premise, right? I think I think cancel culture. The best example is when it happens to a star, but it does happen in day to day life, right? Like it, you mm-hmm. know, um, we may not call it the same, but you you do write people off mm-hmm. when they're offensive sometimes, or if they say something that offends you. Um, and often, I mean, maybe in friendships, if the friendship is strong enough, you can come back from that. But if it's a regular person, they get fired and they don't get their job back. Right. right. So like that cancel is permanent. Even after, you know, even once they're, I mean, maybe depending on the, 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 the organization, if there's some sympathy or, or understanding after they, you know, learn what they did wrong, they could be rehired perhaps, but often particularly if it's of, of a racial issue, even if it's a bad joke, like, you know, something this has happened. People have been recorded joking amongst their friends um, in an area that they thought was safe. Let's, you know, for instance, uh, and this wasn't a uh, I don't think it was a joke. Um, the rant that Donald Sterling was having, the, the, the girlfriend recorded it. Yep. He lost his whole, he lost ownership of a team, right? Mm-hmm. Um wasn't his livelihood. I think he was rich besides owning the Clippers at the time, but that was the, I mean, that's a major cancel. Like you can't be in this league, the team that you own, we forcing you to sell. Um, and you're banned for life. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, banned for life doesn't, you know, you don't come back from that. Like there's no redeeming, you know, I've learned, I've donated to the NAACP. I've done, I'm not saying he did any of these things. I'm just saying, right. If he does these things, is that, you know, what what is the comeback from that? Is there, a, I mean, should there be a comeback from that? I think in the context of what he said in relationship to black people, and and clearly with the understanding that he's an owner and he has a bunch of people of color that work within his organization, that kind of set the stage to say. All right, we need to remove you because this this doesn't bode well. We can't have you here, and all of these people, this groundswell of people, you know, that work for you, essentially, are displeased. And on top of that, you're just one of 32, and I got 31 others, other organizations that are all like, nah. So so for the, as as Kev would like to say, for for business sake. The NBA is like, nah, got to go. I got too many black people that dribble and dunk and shoot basketballs for you to be saying stupid shit like this. Yeah. Also of interest, maybe not of interest, but the NBA, for lack, I think, of, you know, offending folks or for, for to avoid offending folks, has changed the terminology from owner to governor starting this year, too. So now, you know, if you bought the team, you are now the governor of that team instead of the owner. That's better than Warden or <laughs> uh, <laughs> some other words I can think of. So you're now the governor. They didn't say master. That's good. That's, that's what's up. No, oh, the NBA is progressive ish. Sure, sure. So we're thinking about. Um, you know, we're talking about canceling stuff, right? I mean, look at Kanye, right? Kanye got canceled hard, hard. Did he? I mean, yes. By who? When he, he was in the White House with the MAGA hat on. Matter of fact, we just started wearing a MAGA hat. And who then, canceled him? Yeah. A lot 
black people can't. Yeezy still sell out in minutes. That's yeah, I mean, that's to be mm. uh, see that's tricky because that's really just economies of scale out. That's capitalism at work. I don't think there's anything to do with <laughs> anything related to him his, his beliefs and anything like that. It's just like these are rare shoes, and I know people will will spend money just to say they have these rare shoes. R. Kelly made great music, and The Cosby Show was a fantastic show. And both of those, for the most part, have actually been canceled. I mean, they like have, you can yeah. stream him again, but it's but not many people are doing it. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if I don't know if Kanye is canceled in that same way. Yeah, he didn't get canceled like those maybe, guys do. Maybe he's not as favorable as, but I don't. I think canceling may be a little bit much for. And that's what I'm saying. People started really discrediting a lot of Kanye stuff, and then there was a you know he got a lot of backlash. That otherwise, he probably would not have gotten. A lot of questionable, like, you know, you know, I really never liked this kind of, you know, and even if he's like, you know, multi mental health issues, they're like, Kanye crazy. Don't nobody care about Kanye mental health issues. If he wasn't wearing a hat, it's like, I guess that's I mean, Kanye could be a whole podcast because there's a lot there. Thanks. Yeah. But they cancel. So canceling goes wrong, too, though, because, like, I remember the Aziz Ansari situation and just going off of what I saw from that. I don't know that that was uh, appropriate. You know, you got a guy that went out on a date with somebody and her interpretation of how things went was different from how he was receiving things. But then there was this whole call for him, you know, to be canceled because of sexual assault. But I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, but is that, I mean, I guess by like a pure technical definition, it is, but it's definitely in the lighter area of the gray area where I'm like, there's got to be accountability on both ends. Like, I can't, I can't see myself looking at that objectively and being like, no, this guy's a sexual like predator and perpetrator of things and yada, yada, yada. I I don't know the story, but are you saying that there was a, there was a claim. Okay. And that's as, that's as far as it went, but the, the claim was made, in a uh, a publication, okay, in relation to a, a, a night or something out with this person, and I was just like, I, you know, but this was a, a, around the same time with like the Louis C.K. stuff was coming out, which was of a different ilk, and this wasn't okay. that, you know what I mean? So, but I think it's again, it's it's who, who's the judge in this? That's my question. Like, are we, are we judging everybody to the same metric? No. Are we being objective Never. with this? And Never. if we're not, then why why does this get so much traction? Like, why do we even like listen to what this is even being said? Like, again, I'm all for accountability, but then we have arms in our society that that's responsible for. I don't trust society to be able to dictate what's right and wrong at any given point in time. Because again, as we discussed, that's subjective. The black community can say one thing is right, but then another, you know, the Latino community can say that's wrong, or the Asian community can say that's right, and then, you know, the Jewish community can say that's wrong. That's so, the conversation depends on, on what we're talking about. Depends on who's having the conversation too. It's a number of different things. Well, I feel like we should, uh, you know, get everybody's final thoughts. 
I'd say everybody's final thought should be one offensive joke that they know. Psych. Just kidding. Joke. <laughs> My God. Joke. They got a joke. Yeah. Got everybody on edge. And I was like, ha, kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, if if you are unsure about how something will land, um, you know, you got to always know your audience. And um, if you're if you're worried about it and you're not a famous comedian that is skilled at this, then it's probably better to just not say that one and uh, and move on. So that's that's my final thought. Mario, what you got? I mean, I just think delivery and intent are very important with those types of you know messages, stereotypes, or what have you. Like, I think that's extremely important. And yeah, if you're not good at those types of things, you probably shouldn't be doing it at all. Or if you don't care, you know what? Do what you want to do. It's your <laughs> life. Live the way you want to live, you know? I don't want to get in the way of anybody living the life the way they want to live, you know? If you feel comfortable enough and confident enough in delivering that message, go for it. I would just be mindful of intent and delivery. I would be mindful of that. But do you think, folks? Um, I guess I'm gonna say go back to one of the things I always uh, or often say. Um, just think about the words that you use and think about how you're using them. Uh, kind of similar to what other folks have said, but um, understand how you feel about things. Um, understand how you want to make people feel about things, things that you're saying, things that you're feeling. If you have the power to do. To do so, uh, it's power to do. Philly, you plug. Power to do, Philly, you. That was a Philly, you moment. If you have the power to do something um, thoughtfully, you know, thinking about the message that you want to convey, uh, do so before speaking or, or saying or doing a thing. Just kind of set your intention before you go into something. And, and lastly, I'll just say um, be yourself. You know, not everybody can be funny. If everybody were funny, we wouldn't know what funny is. So some people are really great at being romantic. Other people are very great at just being, you know, quiet, you know, observant people. You know, that's okay. Like diversity is great. So be yourself. Um, If you found something funny, maybe reflect on what you thought was funny about that. And then if it makes you feel uncomfortable that you found something funny that you might think might be offensive, maybe do a little research. That could be a great way to have a conversation about uh, something with somebody that doesn't look like you to say, hey, this is going to sound really weird and I'm outside my comfort zone, but I found this funny and I'm trying to figure out why I think it's funny. Let's have a conversation. I don't know. Do it. Maybe don't do it. Just be yourself. I don't know. What do I know? It's 2020. Anything goes. On that note, it's been another episode of the Fellas Five Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to our one listener in Ireland in particular, who maybe listened one time, never listened again, but we appreciate you because you made our <laughs> podcast international. Thank you so for that. That Much is a win. We are an international podcast, um, coast to coast and across the ocean. Um if yeah. you don't know where you can find us, you want to tell them where you can find us? Yeah, Kev. 
Tell them where you can find us. And if you don't know, now you know. Um, You can find us in most places where podcasts are listened to. Google Podcasts, Apple, and Spotify. Oh, yeah. Mario, what's our social media? At Fellas 5 Podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We love y'all. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy winter, Thanks, yeah. your time. Happy, Happy yes, Christmas. Happy <laughs> December, thanks.